five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, we're just going to dig in today because, you know, we're already messed up and what do we know about what? And uh, so now I hit the two button and I should get over to my flag and such and turn on the PDF. Uh, the cost of digital ad fraud will rise to $35 billion annually in 2020. Uh, you know, they keep thinking that there will be less fraud because they have AI, but au contraire, keeps going up. What can you do? Nobody knows. Uh, because the fraud bots are better than the anti-fraud bots, I guess we have to say. And so, you know, that's just another tax that you pay on digital that you may not pay in direct mail. Just saying. Take that into account, right? Now, that's not a whole lot compared to uh, other places, but, you know, it's still a lot. It still keeps going up. Okay, Walmart ends a contract with inventory robotics startup Bossa Nova, and they had to lay off half their people. What these things do is they have this arm, and they, and they look at the shelves and decide what's in stock and what isn't. And I suppose that's a good idea. You know, Walmart was famous for putting in the the U-crop systems uh, kind of where they would scan at the checkout. And if you knew the input and you knew the output, you got a pretty good idea of what was going to be out of stock or the outflow. Uh, although, you know, you still had breakage and, you know, bad coding or bad scanning and that sort of thing. So the more often you can check it, probably the more accurate it's going to be. Um, but for some reason, they decided that one didn't work. Sam's Club, on the other hand, is going to a floor scrubbing robot in all their 50, 599 stores. And there's some work, some exploration that those robots could, while they're scrubbing the floors, also scan the inventory. What a great idea. That seems like a great idea. You, to me. you know, I was just amazed when I went back to my old high school and I watched, uh, you know, I was there for a play or something, and the janitor was riding around on a little Zamboni machine waxing the floors. How cool is that? That's a job maybe I should go apply for. That would be fun, I think. I love cutting the grass. You put on the headphones and zoom around. You know, at like 10 o'clock at night, I could go across the street to the, to the school I don't know if you need an advanced degree for, for that job. I'm just not sure. Anyway, um, Lori Sullivan, <coughs> if you're on there, <coughs> if you're on here, say hello. I heard you can put a hotkey on there for muting your mic when you feel a cough coming on, but I don't worry about it. You know, my my little grandnephew asked his grandma, uh, my sister-in-law, she had, a, she had a, a little cough because of some medication, and uh, the nephew's four years old. He said, you got the Rona, Noni? <laughs> Four-year-old, which tells you something about news consumption these days. Anyway, so this is a uh, little survey, very small sample size, 300 people from Lucid that says that 47%, if we add these together, uh, I'm sorry, 40, 53%, are very unlikely to vote outside of their party this election. Okay. So about half. I was surprised that that was, I thought that was fairly low. You know, I thought about 90% voted with their party 
uh, most of the time. Uh, in Wisconsin, we don't have a requirement to declare your party. We have open primaries, and you can do whatever silliness you want. Um, so, you know, this wouldn't apply to us. But anyway, so about 50% said they're, they're very unlikely to vote outside their party. And 21 plus 7 is 28% said they're very likely to vote outside their party, which is a pretty high number, I think. 30% are saying, we're voting outside our party. I don't know what that's going to give us. Um, just don't know. But I noticed, I, I did a little I did a little work over the weekend because I watched a Biden rally in Milwaukee, you know, online, because um, I don't know that there were very many people invited. I didn't know about it until it was on YouTube. So I watched this Biden rally, and there were about 35,000 viewers, I think, live. And I thought, well, I wonder how that compares to these other rallies I'm seeing. Big rallies. Seemed big to me, anyway. And uh, so I looked at... Last week's, right up to Saturday, um, I, I, I looked for long-form videos. I typed the word rally to search, and one week, and I thought, well, that ought to get it. And I thought, how far, you know, where does the Biden rally stack up in this mix? And it turned out that it was 44th on the rally list. There were two that were from some other Philadelphia rallies um, that seem to be political but not um, directly related to Biden and there was an Obama speech in there um, that got about 200,000 views and so then I thought well that's not fair because Trump's just going all over the place he's you know all all in and uh, five yesterday I think and so I said let's limit it to just today Saturday Uh, let's one day limit and I counted up the views and I think it was 2 million for Trump and about 200,000 for Biden in his rallies uh, within 24 hours. So I don't know what that tells you. It's no more valid than this, (laughs) 300 people. But you may be anxious. You might say, this has no place on LinkedIn. Well, you know, these are all marketing articles I'm reading about. And uh, so I hit this one and this was, I saw this on LinkedIn, okay? And it was how to handle election anxiety. So if you're already anxious just watching this video, here's, a, here's some tips for you. And, I, and it was from Vogue. And I thought, well, what does Vogue know about psychology and all that? But I was very pleasantly surprised. Uh, Fiorella, this was a really nice article. I really liked it. And it was some good stuff. And uh, she said, I used to retreat to the movie theater, but with the COVID... A lot of the coping mechanisms we have, like sport, watching sports and things, are being taken away. Like a boozy meal with friends. I really like that pic, that that description. Nice choice of words. Amid the din of a busy restaurant, a crowded, heart-pumping soul cycle class. I think that's like a like this Peloton thing where they where they just a sweaty session in the steam room that does not have any allure to me and yes a solo afternoon trip to the movie theater that would be really great we haven't gone to the movie theater in a long time but anyway so if you're if you're a little stressed out two-thirds of people report feeling an increase in stress actually in that other little mini survey there was only uh there was 76 percent so three quarters uh over three quarters felt anxious um um the article says, you know, our positions 
have polarized and we are pretty sure the other team will hunt us down and kill us. Pretty sure. Which might make you anxious, but, you know, <laughs> the way it is. Uh, there's a lot of catastrophic thinking happening on both sides, okay? So you may want to chill out a little bit on that. Um, here's a couple of here's a couple of tips, really good tips. If you're having trouble sleeping, separate yourself from your technology and more critically from the endless news. As you can see, I hardly read any news, <laughs> and I try to limit it to marketing news, even though the marketing news keeps getting seeped with political news lately. Okay, you should put a timer on your daily news consumption. She suggests 10 minutes max. And if you've watched this show any length of time, you know that I rarely spend more than 10 minutes putting this together. So if you feel adrift, get healthy food, sunshine, sleep, connection, movement, and also boundaries. In other words, set a timer to go to bed at night, that sort of thing. Uh, if you're distracted, uh, your anxiety is a try to exercises like writing drawing meditating i shoot videos <laughs> listening to music uh if your communications are especially especially tense um you know we're often seeing people through the lens of social media or their political views you know i try to engage with my friends who are the opposite of me and try to and try to always tell jokes <laughs> i don't I don't try to change them. I just try to, to say, or you could look at it this way with a little joke. And, you know, they haven't blocked me, so it must be somewhat effective. I don't know. Uh, if your heart or mind won't stop racing, then you might want to pause and take some deep breaths. I think that's right. If you can't con shake the negative feelings, think of things you're grateful for. I really like that one. That is such a great thing. Take time, instead of going on the news, and just give thanks. You know, I got this new little grandchild, and she's just the most fun. She says, Gampa now. <laughs> and she blows me kisses on the, on the video. Um, if you're overwhelmed by certainty, just, just get this straight. You don't know the future. The commentators don't know the future. One of the big keys to... To disconnecting from the news is to realize it's not news. Focus on news if you want. Weather might be. Well, they predict the weather too. Sports is kind of a mess, although Tottenham did win at the end, so that was good. Um, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to not be okay. There's a lot of teletherapy available. <laughs> My psychologist friend who's next door, said he... he was struggling this was about now it's about a year ago he was trying to be able to do some online stuff and he just wasn't quite getting it and then when COVID hit he figured it out I think he's maybe in his 70s and a nice guy and I think now he's figured it out from home because I haven't seen him in a long time but anyway so give thanks and um, lean heavily on your daily routines like I get up and do this show. You may not be grateful for that, but I am. And I'm grateful that you're here, and that's nice. So have a great day. Chill. Chill. And if you can't take it, go to bed.